Bob. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. I don't want to grow up. Greetings, Earth people. I'm from Jupiter. It's your boy, I See Robots, here once again, broadcasting a live on the UHF frequency with the Toys R Us Report podcast. Today we have episode number six, which should be dropping for the third week of October. We are nearing Halloween, which is always fun. But I do have to admit to you guys, I am just not feeling Halloween. It's been so hot here in Northern California. Southern California's got it worse, but it is pretty hot here lately. This past week, we've had days in the 90s, and it's it's hard to picture Halloween when it's just so hot out. I can understand that Halloween is one of the more important nerd holidays out there. It's probably the most important nerd holiday. Christmas is a close second, but Christmas is just the biggest holiday overall, so it really can't be... It can't be owned by nerds exclusively. Anyhow, it's just so hot that I can't make myself go out and put the Christmas decorations out. Did I say Christmas? What I meant to say was Halloween. I can't make myself go out and put the Halloween decorations out. They're in the garage, and it's not that it's too hot to go get them or anything. It's just that it's not gloomy enough out. It's not the right Halloween weather. There's no... There's no rain or any of that sort of thing that we usually have. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right, guys. It doesn't feel right and Halloween-y around here. And it might just be me. I know that uh, I see out in the on the Facebook universe and on the various retro blogs or whatever, people are really feeling Halloween this year. People are into it, just like they are every other year. But sadly, maybe you guys can say a Halloween prayer because your boy is just not feeling it as so far. I really do enjoy Halloween, though, even though I don't normally dress up in a costume. When I was in school, I think that I dressed up as a vampire for maybe second through sixth grade, and then I just stopped dressing altogether. It was the kind of vampire where I just wore white makeup, a cape, my normal clothes, and vampire teeth. I'm just not into it that way. That's probably just... A weakness of my character. It's a little bit of maybe my insecurities. I'm just like everybody else. I don't like being stared at or looked at, but I think I feel it a little more than some people seem to in my observation. It's not the worst thing in the world. I'm just a little shy, I guess is what I'm saying. So I don't put myself out there in the costume realm all that much. It's cool, though, because I really do admire costumes, and I admire people who wear them. I see the fun in it. I really do, but I don't... I also... I don't like to get irritated and, and have to wear a cumbersome cumbersome clothes while I'm out there doing my do during the day. It's cool, though, because I really I feel it in other ways. Usually we decorate pretty heavily. We have the whole front yard done up, and we have cool stuff inside the house. I have these really neat uh, Universal Monster mini-mates that I bring out for Halloween. They're only Halloween time 
merchandise for me. I keep them stored with the seasonal things, and then I'll I put out a little mini mate display of them in the living room. I have a werewolf, and I have a bride of Frankenstein. I think I have a vampire. I have I have all sorts of them. They're really neat. I'm pretty sure I have all of them. There may be like an exclusive one here or there, or I don't know if I have Dracula. I think I do, but I'm not. I'm pretty sure I do. I don't even know why. I, I thought about that. I'm pretty sure I just banged my wrist on the desk. Hold on one sec. Okay, well, I'm back. I banged my wrist on the desk. I don't know why that got me flustered. I, it didn't hurt it, by any means. It, maybe it hurt a little, but it didn't hurt enough to knock a trooper like me out of the recording booth, as it were. This week, we went to the flea market, which is always fun, which is... I don't even, I don't even know why I say... This week we went to the flea market. It should probably just be presumed that unless it's raining, which hasn't been the case in the longest time, that we'll be going to the flea market every Sunday. We didn't go to the one at the Veterans Building. They were they were off for the week. I think they moved the everything to Petaluma. But the Petaluma one is in a, a park, and it's, it's really small. It's maybe 15 tables. It's hardly worth the drive. It's a good 25 minutes from here. The one at the Veterans Building is cool, though. My brother-in-law, Marco, of North Bay Anime, sells there. He has really cool toys, He's a, and it's fun to see him and chit-chat with him for a little bit. There's a few good toy vendors there, but they tend to be on the higher-priced side. So I only will buy something every once in a while, something new in package from one of these guys over there. So that's not really even important because we went to Sebastopol. Sebastopol's cool. They have long rows of tables set up. It's not the kind of thing where you get a little area and you set it up however you see fit. You get a large bench. They're, the whole place is connected with these this uh, long benches is essentially what they are, like work benches, work tables. And they stretch the whole length of the place and all through the middle rows, and you rent one. I believe they're 20 bucks. You really do need two if you have any kind of serious amount of stuff. And if you have two, you can get a corner space, which allows you to put things on the ground and set up additional tables. Still, though, it's not as good of traffic as the Veterans Building Flea Market. It's a totally different crowd. The people in Sebastopol are exclusively looking for bargains. In the Veterans Building, you can sometimes squeeze a little extra dough out of them if you're selling stuff. What I did find that was pretty cool was a masked Brad Turner from the Mobile Armored Strike Command, aka Mask, that we spoke of last week. I think I already have one. I think actually that I already have two, but I'm not going to turn one down if I see it, and I think it set me back like a big 50 cents or so. It's not the best thing to have to be your best find of the week, but it is something cool, and it does go along with something that I already collect, and... I did say that I very seldom ever, like, ever find masked, masked dudes out in the wild. So, I had to eat my own words and buy one when I saw it. Hold on, folks. We've got some breaking news. Let me cut to the newsroom. Take it away. The award-winning 
show Breaking Bad was popular with critics, but one mom says it does not belong in a children's store. The show centers on a high school chemistry teacher named Walter White, who, upon learning he has cancer, turns to making and selling meth to ensure his family will be financially secure once he's gone. So, a show for adults. That's definitely how mom Susan Shriver feels. She wants Toys R Us to pull toys modeled after the hit show. It's about drugs. They're selling it in a children's toy store. The Walter White toy dons a lab coat and comes with two beakers and a gas mask. Kids mimic their action figures, if you will. And the action figure comes with drug paraphernalia, although the Toys R Us website doesn't come out and say that's what it is. It refers to one of Walter White's accessories as, quote, blue crystals. Crystals, as in methamphetamine. Toys R Us did release a statement saying the toys are meant for ages 15 and up and that they are located in the adult action figure areas. Shriver has started a Change.org petition to get the toys removed from the shelves. In it, she asks the company to stop selling the collection, both in stores and online. Shriver is only targeting Toys R Us, but other stores sell these Breaking Bad toys, too. Barnes & Noble advertises them for ages 14+, plus. Walmart lists them for ages 15+. plus. Although it's unclear whether the figurines are offered in the toy sections at Walmart or Barnes & Noble, we should point out that those two stores don't specialize in toys only, as Toys R Us does. Wow, it's very seldom that Toys R Us makes the news. The last time I recall this happening was probably the Cabbage Patch Stampedes of uh, the early 80s. At any rate, how do we here at the Toys R Us report feel about this, this sticky situation? Well, I think that the reality of it is that just as many, if not more, adults like myself buy toys than kids do anyway. And you really do have to appeal to the audience that is actually in your store, not the audience that you want to come into your store. It's just the reality of the situation. I, I can see how you would be offended by these toys. And I do think that when I go in there and I see this or I see a prison jumpsuit clay from Sons of Anarchy, I can understand how somebody would be upset. But really, it is up to you, and it's up to me as a parent as well, to parent your own children. And if you don't want them seeing something, then you should steer them away from the aisle. They shouldn't be familiar with these characters and what these characters do on the show anyway. If you're doing your job, they should be more inclined to want to stay in the cool toys, you know, the Star Wars toys or the other toys. That's just my two cents. Anyway, back to the show. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. Act like you know. Jet cycle with its amazing blazing jet pods and fiery speeds. 
for a finale, the Strackle Cycle. Just look for the eagle's head on the bike that goes so fast it flies like a bird on eagle's wings. He's the king, he's evil Knievel, he's ideal. And now, the Retro Toy Roundup. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging tough like the new kids through the commercial segment. The next piece of the show is known as the Retro Toy Roundup. The Retro Toy Roundup is an in-depth look at a particular retro toy, for example, the G.I. Joe Dragonfly, or maybe a particular retro toy line, for example, Mask. This week, we're going to be sticking with an individual toy, a popular toy from the 70s known as the Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle. This was a real popular one around my neck of the woods. I think it was a popular one around many necks of the woods. I had it. My cousin had it. Everybody I knew had one. Some people had the just a stunt cycle, and then there was a stunt cycle that had a red base. A lot of people had that one. Some people had the one that had the sparks in the back. This was a pretty popular toy. I don't know a lot of people who had any of the play sets, but as far as the motorcycles, it was like you had to have it or you were a total dork. Like you... Everybody was out in the street making evil jump over things, and if you didn't have one to hang and bang with the dudes, you were just going to be a total geek, a total nerd. And it's not like today in How I Gather, it's a little cool to be a nerd. Back then, being a nerd was the worst thing you could be. You were going to have, like, Billy Zabka karate kicking your chest. You would have just every bad thing you could imagine. Wedgies, swirlies, purple nurples, Indian burns. If you didn't have the Evil Knievel stunt cycle by Ideal, you were in for a world of a world of inconvenience and minor physical pain. You probably don't lose a lot of hit points from a purple nurple, but the humiliation points are off the charts. Okay, let's take a look at some notes we got here. Ideal had the license for, um, what's his name? Evil Knievel from 1972 to 1977. And you can admonish me for forgetting Evil's name if you want to. I deserve it. The um, stunt cycle was the main item in the line. It was the motorcycle that attached to a crank and you would turn it and turn it and turn it and launch him off on his way. That was the one that everybody had, as I said before, but they did make a couple other sets. Not even a couple. They made quite a few other sets. The one that really jumped out at me was the um, Scramble Van. The Scramble Van was really cool. It was meant to transport evil to and fro from leaps and other death-defying uh, situations. So it was a van that came with a mechanics area and little tools for Evil to work on his bike, as well as a ramp. So you had an official Evil ramp to uh, jump your stunt cycle over. I didn't have this. I didn't even know anybody who did have it. So I don't, I don't know if the accessories were as popular as the stunt cycle. I can't imagine that they were. And this is just based on the fact that I would imagine action figures and smaller sets sell better than the larger sets. If you do want to get one today, a scramble van, I mean, you can look online and you can find them for 30 to 50 bucks outside the box. And I've seen them sell for as low as 140 in the box. It's an affordable toy. So it could be that it was a bigger seller than I thought. And maybe there are just a lot of examples still around today. Or it could be that Ideal fashioned themselves a high-quality toy so that 
there's a lot of a lot of them left today. Either one is possible. If you want to get yourself a stunt cycle, they're cheap too. They're only like thirty to fifty dollars in the box. That's not going to break the bank on almost any budget for a cool '70s toy boxed. I might actually look around and get them. I see, I see the various play sets occasionally at the toy show. When we were just at the Sacramento Toy Expo, I saw a couple carded action figures with their different costume sets. I don't know how much they cost. Sometimes I get a little nervous around um, vendors. I don't want to ask how much something is. I don't want to waste their time is really what I'm getting at. I don't want to waste their time for something that I'm more than likely not going to buy. The only reason I don't think I'm going to buy it, though, is because I think it's going to cost too much. So it's kind of a self-defeating prophecy in that I won't ask because I think it's going to cost too much, and I don't want to ask because it costs too much, and I don't want to waste the dude's time because I know I'm not going to buy it because of how much it costs, even though by asking... It could be that it doesn't cost very much at all. I think that some people might call that a losing attitude, but I don't think of it that way. I'm not in it to lose it. I'm in it to win it, and that's right from the jump street. I think, though, that it might be... I'm just stopping myself from spending too money so I don't ask for a lot of things that way. I don't ask the dude because what if he goes, oh, it's well within your price range. You should buy them both, and I'll feel like, well, I should buy them both, and then I won't have any money for the things that I need in life such as electricity or water. I would hate for that to happen. I'd hate it that I spent all my money at the toy show and that we couldn't afford the water bill. Just for the record, we've never even had a problem with that. I'm just being a little silly. So the Evil Knievel toy line was fairly popular. They had a tie-in with Marvel that I'm sure did not hurt the popularity of the line. What they would do is uh, they had these full-page ads for Evil Knievel on the back of comics. I'm sure you've seen them. I can think of at least four different ones that I know of, and each one had evil in some kind of an adventure or some sort of a stunt situation using the vehicles in the line like the stunt cycle or the scramble van or even later the uh, jet cycle or the dragster. Now, if this had come out 10 years later, I bet you we would have seen animated versions of these advertisements, which would have been awesome, but at the same time, you're going to be losing out on the inherent 70s-ness of an, a Marvel comic print ad, so you'd have that loss, but you'd have the gain of seeing evil jumping over a canyon in an animated form. So, eh, it's a win-lose. I don't know how I feel about it. I think there's nothing wrong with how it is, so I guess I have to stick with the print ad, but it's still nice to dream anyway. The print ad spawned their own spin-off comic. It wasn't a typical comic store or news rack kind of deal. It was a in-store giveaway. I did not see this at the time. I was a bit young when this came out, and I did enjoy playing with it, but I don't have a lot of toy store memories from the mid-70s. I've read the comic online, though. It's about what you would expect. It's a longer version of the comic book advertisements that we have known from our youth and have learned to love in our hearts ever since. Okay, let's take a little break for a moment. Uh, engineer... Cue up a commercial, please. Evil Knievel commercial. Three, two, one, go. It's the Evil Knievel Show featuring the superstar of stunts. Here's Evil Knievel Scramble Band to start the show. And ripping up for action, here's our star. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing strike cycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. Loop-de-loop! And he's not through yet! Into the dragster. Evil super street car with built-in drag chute to slow him down. What a hope. And now, the 
Sky Cycle. That daredevil death-defying supersonic sky plane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike with the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil from evil. He's a knockout. He's ideal. These have a long and storied history. They were formed in 1938 originally as Ideal Novelty and Toy Company. And they, you know, they, they did some things, made some cool toys, some old school stuff. And then in 1982, the company was sold to CBS, who in turn sold it to Viewmaster. Viewmaster renamed the whole company the Viewmaster Ideal. And that company was later bought by Tyco, which fell victim to a merger and became part of the giant Mattel conglomerate that we know today. Over the years, Ideal made a lot of really cool toys, not just the cool Evil Knievel toys. They were behind that great Jaws game that everybody likes with the three-dimensional shark. They came up with the Magic 8-Ball. They had RoboForce, which is a personal favorite of mine and I know a personal favorite of yours. They did Dukes of Hazard. They did some Pac-Man stuff. They were all over the place. They did have one toy that really... Uh, interests me. Let's see if I can find it here. It's called Gaylord the Walking Basset Hound. Let's um, let's take a listen to a little Gaylord the Walking Basset Hound commercial right now for one sec. Hold on. Actually, let's wait on that for a minute. We just heard that Evil Knievel commercial. So let's um, let's percolate on that and talk a little bit about the spinoffs that they came uh, up with. Ideal came up with, rather. They made an action figure for his son, Robbie. Robbie is someone you might know today as a Daredevil, he's out there doing his own thing. I think a few years ago he jumped over the fountains, uh, it, the Bellagio fountains, is that what they are in Las Vegas? I think he leapt over those. That's pretty far. I've seen those in person. They also came out, and I don't even remember ever hearing about this. They came out with a female Daredevil who was much like Evil, but she wore all pink. Her name was Dairy Daring. I'm looking at some Dairy Darings right now here on eBay. You can get her car. They have the same vehicles and the same idea as Evil with the crank and the stand, but with her, it's a girl, so everything is pink. Still, though, really cool. You can get her car for $74.95 boxed. That's not so bad, really, because it's kind of kind of dope. Let's see. A loose Dairy Daring here for $26.95. Let's take a look at some of the completed auctions. That'll give us a better idea of what is really going on. Okay, here's a Dairy Daring for $12.99. They got no bids. Oh, here's her stunt cycle, but they call it a trick a cycle. That seems a little sexist, you know, um, calling her a trick. At any rate, you can get that for it went for thirty-one dollars plus shipping. That's pretty good. Here's a little packaged one with a mountain climbing outfit for eighty. Here is one also for eighty, a stunt racer outfit. She's pretty cool. I like her wheelie car too. Here's one for one forty-nine ninety-five. I've always, I'm always drawn to the female versions of characters. I, I don't know. It's not, I don't think there's anything to read into it. I just kind of like the, um, I don't know. I think I like the pink outfits. What can I say? I think that I'm not alone in feeling this way. If you feel the same way, um, send, a, send me a tweet to at robots with the hashtag girl version. Let's see how many of you other people out there like the girl versions. We're talking Batgirls, Wonder Girls, any sort of girl version of somebody who is already a dude. So yeah, tweet me at robots and write something with the hashtag girl version for all you weirdos out there who like the Dairy Darings and also the Wonder Girl Batgirl girls slash supergirls of the world. Here's a cool one too. In 1982, Ideal came back to the Evil Knievel mold, but this time they made it a Spider-Man stunt cycle. 
It's a little rare. This might cost up around $200 if you can find one. I couldn't find any on eBay right now, which isn't to say that there won't be one tomorrow or the next day, but as of right now, this moment, there aren't any. It's really neat, though. It's just like the Evil Knievel one, except it's Spider-Man, and he looks a little Mego-ish. It's really great. If you get a chance, go poke around the internet and try to find a picture of one. You won't be sorry for long with that. Okay, so here is my personal involvement with the Evil Knievel stunt cycle. My cousin Tom used to live in the next town over from us. This was back when we lived in Illinois. We lived in Oak Lawn, and he lived in Burbank. We would go over there all the time and hang out. They had a basement rumpus room like a lot of people did at the time with the wood paneling walls and all that Atari equipment and whatever. On the other side though they had the boiler and the hot water heater and just all that stuff and one thing they had that I still don't even really know what it is today they had a concrete hole. It was a watery hole in the floor in the basement the corner of the basement. Maybe one of you basement owners can tell me what this uh, corner hole is. So we had the whole basement dipped out with punching bags and Atari games, and they also had, like, a television. But, of course, we were drawn to that watery hole. We, we spent a lot of time over there dropping things in it, and it seemed to be bottomless. So, of course, we devised the ultimate evil Knievel stunt would be to leap over that hole. There, the hole was in the corner, so there wasn't anything to leap over per se. If you leap, you were going to hit the wall. But my cousin was insistent that if he came at it from a quarter angle, did I say quarter angle? I meant like a corner, like if he came kind of diagonally, that Evil would be able to jump right over it. I didn't think so. I still thought he would hit the wall and, and go down to a watery depth. He was still with it and he wanted to try and it was ultimately his Evil Knievel, so we did it. We set up the crank, we set up a ramp, I think it was just a piece of cardboard with something underneath. And he revved and revved and revved and launched him. And he, just like I said, slammed into the wall, went into the pit. And with the weight of the motorcycle and everything, down he went, never to be seen again. I realized that just a couple weeks ago, I told a story of an action figure going down to Davy Jones's locker. And maybe that's just a reoccurring theme in my life, losing action figures to the sea. I... I can't think of, actually, there is one more story where I did lose an action figure to the briny depth of the ocean, and I will eventually share that with you. It's one I'm saving up. It's, I walk by this park all the time, too, and I, I do actually look over the edge and see if maybe I can see this other figure. But back to the Evil Knievel story. He was gone. He sunk to the bottom, and that was that for the day. We were so bummed. That was a toy we played with all the time. We had him jumping over wood piles. We had him jumping over Tonka trucks. We had him jumping over Star Wars dudes. We had him jumping over just you name it. Whatever was around, he was leaping over it, and now he was gone. I still feel the pain in my heart today. I still feel it. At any rate, that was enough for that day, and this is enough for the Retro Toy Roundup. This is Icy Robots. I will be back in a moment. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek Pride hat. It's really up to you. Virtualdirtmall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Gaylord the pup is full of tricks. Watch. Back up, Gaylord. 
Attaboy. Now climb, Gaylord. Up, up. Now fetch your bowl. Got it. Good boy, Gaylord. Gaylord comes with a bone of his own. He's a wonderful toy. He's ideal. Gaylord, when you pull his leash, he'll walkity-walkity walk with you. Arr, arr. And now, the Toys R Us report. All right, all right. The Toys R Us report is the weekly rundown of what I saw at the various toy stores and department stores I hit up every week looking for action figures and whatnot. Okay, so here we go. This week was uh, this week was a little cool. Uh, we went to the Toys R Us, and they had, I guess they had just put out the Amazing Spider-Man Two Marvel Legends. They've been out for a while. It's not really a series that interests me. They do have a black cat that's kind of cool. She's the variant in the series. They also have a um, a beetle. I do like the beetle as a character, so I've been looking for him. He's a variant. I'm not really looking for him. I don't think I want him. He's sort of plain looking as far as armored character goes, so I'm, nah, I'm just not into him all that much as an action figure. Anyway, I saw him when I was there. I saw him, and I saw Spider-Girl, who is a variant of Black uh, Black Cat. I thought about getting the Spider-Girl, but I didn't go for it. I thought she could be somebody else's big hunt figure right now, and I'd hate to take that away from them, just like I would have hated to have somebody take the Black Widows that I found away from me. So I left them there. We saw that, and then we saw... Oh, I saw Toxin, who is the variant for Venom. I don't like Venom or any of these Venom-related characters all that much, so I left it there. I thought that could be something else somebody was looking for. I know a lot of people are into Venom. I didn't... I never got into that whole symbiote, black uniform kind of deal. I guess it's cool, and it does look cool. He's just not interesting to me as a character. I don't see any depth there. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you have some awesome Venom stories that you want to share with me, you know, hit me up uh, at IC Robots on Twitter and we can talk about Venom for a little bit until it gets boring, which based on my opinion of Venom could get, that could be pretty quickly. I'm really just funning around though. We're all entitled to our opinions. I'd like some stupid characters too. Like I said earlier, I like girl versions. So what do, what do I know about this? Let's see what else. We went to Walgreens. There wasn't a lot at the Walgreens either. They still haven't gone and pulled the trigger completely on their big toy thing. So it's still half an aisle at one and a quarter aisle at the other Walgreens. Then um, we went to Target. We went to one Target. We went there this morning. And they have a little area called Retro Toys now. My my ears perked up when my wife said, look, retro toys. But it's like retro Fisher-Price toys, like that Fisher-Price phone with the face and the apple with the bell, things like that. I took a picture. I'll put it in the show notes. They're so close. They're so close. They have the right idea of retro, but they don't have the right idea of the retro that we would like to see, like Evil Knievel stunt cycles or re-releases of... Star Wars figures, you know, things like that. I guess they do have re-releases of Star Wars figures. I couldn't think of it. Like, re-releases of Fisher-Price Adventure People. How about that? Or re-releases of Migos. Things like, uh, things from the 70s that were more 
12, 13 teenage oriented as opposed to toddler oriented. It's cool though. I can see how a lot of people are going to buy these and give them to their kids, which is dope. That's good. More power to them. Really though, we didn't get to as many stores as we wanted, I guess. So it's a little slow week here at the Toys R Us report, but we do have a little bit of extra time so we can do a few factor craps. All right, here we go. Here's the first one. Factor crap. Basically what we do is I read out a fact and you tell me whether you think it's fact or crap. We'll do a couple ones. You play along at home and answer fact or crap. And the third one, we'll have a special Twitter contest. All right, here we go. Strawberries are a member of the palm family. Fact or crap? We're going to go on three. One, two, and a three. That's crap. They are a member of the rose family. Okay, here is another practice one. The most popular pet name in the United States is Smokey. Is that fact or crap? We're going to go again on three. And a one, and a two, and a three. Wrong. It's crap. The actual favorite name is Max. Okay, so here we go. We're going to have the third one. And the third one here, we're going to go and do a Twitter contest. The first person to respond to the answer at, at IC Robots, that is at IC Robots, will get a special mention on the upcoming episode. Okay. Fact or crap. Gorillas have a unique nose print. Make sure to reply to at IC Robots with your answer and you can get a mention on next week's episode. So please make sure to respond to at IC Robots with just fact or crap. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for the show this week. If you want to support the show, head over to virtualdirtmall.com and take a look around at some of our retro or not-so-retro items. It's an eBay store. It's a lot of my cool stuff that I got up there. Just go take a peek. If you see something you like, think about buying it. The more stuff I sell, the more awesome episodes of the Toys R Us report I can put out for you guys. At any rate, it's been fun. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to tell a friend. This is the reigning Cinema County Fair comic book trivia champion, IC Robot, signing off for the Toys R Us report, episode number six. Number six.